Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. Okay, Mike, the question for this week, when can I trust my dog to be alone with my baby? <laughs> this is going to be a short podcast. This is a one-word response. What do you think it is? Never. Never, exactly right. Uh, never. You know, uh, every one of these things, you know, it's like, I mean, I just was reading the paper Saturday or Sunday, and it was some, I don't even remember where it was, but German Shepherd kills, uh, you know, toddler. And what? it's always really? the same. Yeah, it was just on, uh, I was just kind of going to my Yahoo news page and I, I looked at it. It wasn't a lot of details. I always click on these things. It's always the same story, you know, somebody left the baby along, along with the dog. In other words, uh, I don't think they left them in the same room together, but the doors were open, the mom went away, the baby was over here in its little bassinet, and the German Shepherd walked in from, from the hall and just grabbed it and killed it. Now, you know, there's always some crazy backstory to these things, and it was like, you know, it was like a five-sentence little news article. But, um, I mean, I could just go on with the stories. About eight months here, there was a, uh, another mauling was also a German Shepherd. Um, the mom had gone. She had two kids. One was seven. One was a little toddler. And there was a you know, five-year-old German Shepherd. She left the three of them in the room together to go do the laundry real quick. You know, just pop into the laundry room, change into the drawer. It's crying. She runs back in. The German Shepherd's got the infant in its mouth, but covered in blood. <laughs> you know, you yeah, just don't leave crazy. an infant. You just don't leave a baby at whatever stage, whether it's toddler, infant. Five-year-old, you know, seven-year-old. My, my rule, my kind of rule around nail sketch is. Uh, can, can you can um, you I say never, that again, Mike? It, it it just broke up a little. You said sorry, your I, rule that my toughest kind of thing is that. You, sorry, you we lost leave. you again. Lost you again. So you said your rule is is what? Sorry, <laughs> I said my basic rule about this is that you don't leave a dog and a child unattended together if the child is under ten. Period. Period. Yeah. That's it. And uh, there's no qualifiers. Now, that is, I, I get, I get that that's really hard. I mean, I had a situation with a client of mine six months ago. And I, she's been, I've trained numerous dogs for her. I've known her for years. She's a great lady. And she's got four kids. She, she owns a bar. She's busy. She's a single mom. She got this beautiful German Shepherd. And he was a great dog. I went over, I trained him. And, um, you know, but you can imagine, she's got four kids. She's a single mom. She's got this. And they're all little, you know, they're like three, five, seven, nine, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the dog, you know, the kid did something and would try to grab the dog's bone or something. And there was chaos in the house and the dog nipped him. You know, it wasn't the brutal. It wasn't, but it was, you know, nipped him in the face. Yeah. And, um, there were no stitches, no nothing. But, you know, now you can, now you've got a dog that, you know, just bit my kid. Now that happened twice. And I told her, you know, like I said, I was very friendly and, and I've known her for a long time. I said, I told her, you've got to create a situation where we, you, it's too, too much chaos around here. The dog is out in the backyard or somewhere. You can't just leave them unsupervised. She goes, well, that's just unrealistic. 
I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. You want me to tell you it's, you know, there's some training trick that's going to make your dog safe no matter what around your kid. There isn't. And anybody who tells you there is is lying to you. There is not. And, um, what kind of dog does she have again? She's a big, beautiful German Shepherd. Now, mind you, this was a great dog. It was not an aggressive bone in his body, but, uh, you know, he just wasn't getting a lot of guidance. The, you know, there's a status thing where you've got this young dog. They'll often interpret, especially if you've got a bunch of little kids, they'll often interpret them more like, you know, little pack members and underlings and, uh, yeah. or at least yeah. socially equal. You know, they don't see them in the same light as they do an authoritative adult. That dog loved and respected her. But, you know, she's in a, she was involved, she's involved in an ugly divorce. Uh, the husband, the ex-husband got wind of this. She ended up having to get rid of the dog. She wanted my advice. What do you what, what can I do training wise? So I told you, I told you, you have to create a situation where they're not unsupervised together. And she just said, that's unreasonable. I, that's, that's well, I, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah. it ended up costing her the dog because then the, you know, the ex-husband was like, well, I don't want my kids around this dog that's bitten one of them twice already. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of don't blame the guy. I mean, I, well, I unfortunately, because yeah. I know them a little bit, it was also just a way for him to get at her. I mean, it was that element was in it. Yeah. But, um, but the thing is, I can't come up with a clever argument by why he, but he might be wrong. I mean, this is the thing. When we talked about it in the last show, it's one of these things like until it happens, you can't imagine it, right? Your dog, right. Your dog is fine. But then you don't know what the trigger is going to be. And then, of course, like... <laughs> What happens when she looks back after one of these kids gets mauled? There's a trigger point, and that, and this time the dog goes overboard because it knows it's already gotten away with it twice. Right. And and then she looks back, and all the signs were there, right on the wall. It's just like you have to do the what if, but I know, I know it can be hard because it's like your beloved pet, and you're like, hey, Rover would never do that but hey rover's done it already and that and that was just you know short of the the like a very serious line and only just like a centimeter short so like i don't know man that that's that story is kind of haunting to me given given that given what we know and what we outline on this podcast and how basically these things happen and then and then you know it's an absolute line that you cross in those moments you just hope that something like it's it's not a mortal bite, or you know, but no, oh, right. It would, it would it would with this particular dog, it never would be. I mean, he was just the thing is, it wasn't the dog that was really. You couldn't fault the dog because the kid was doing. You know, he, he was doing five year old kid stuff. Yeah, you know, he was pulling his ears while he was trying to eat or something like that. And you know, he you know, if a dog went and put that kind of bite on another dog, there wouldn't even be a scratch. They've got heavy fur. Yeah. You know, it'd just be a little yeah. nip warning, right? But on a soft kid, you know, baby face, it leaves a, you know, it leaves a cut. And, um, yeah, you know, anyway, it was just, it's very frustrating because it doesn't make the dog a bad dog. It just means that she's got four freaking kids and it's mayhem and never, and you know, and the mayhem, you know, increases exponentially when they have their little friends over. Yeah. Which they do, you know? Yeah. And boys, you know, it's going to be insanity. You know, you, right. you, you, you weaponize yourself as a little boy more often than not. <laughs> you know, you're just a little missile. So, all right, I have a question. Like, walk us through some of the ways that you help people, one, grok the situation. Like, so, you know, that, that example you just gave, 
where she she was you know she wasn't gonna move right that she just sounded like she wasn't gonna budge but how do you help people kind of get there and cross the line and realize okay i can't ever let my baby i tell them scary i tell them scary stories like this one you know i i I do what i can to actually frighten them enough yeah and make them actually believe that they could lose their dog and then yeah and then and then from there then once i've got them you know past this idiot phase of my dog would never yeah then then we can start talking about systems to, to make sure that doesn't happen because it's just a management issue it just means like in her case you know all she really would have had to do is we know when the moments are chaotic with the kids right she knows they come home from school everybody's excited maybe that's the time to have the dog out with a dog walker or to put him in a yeah. crate with a fancy special bone that he never gets at any other time you know we don't want to make we don't want to make the appearance of the kids make the dog feel like okay now i'm screwed but um but we want to teach them that there's certain times when there's a lot of commotion that you get to be alone with a special something that you'd never see at other times, a big fat yeah. raw frozen beef bone or something <laughs> yeah. delicious. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you just have to, you know, then we then basically, you know, what I, what I do with people is I break down their day, you know, sort of piece by piece and say, okay, what kind of systems can we put here? What kind of systems can we put there to make sure that, that we have a situation where you're always monitoring the dog with the kids together. Maybe the dog's locked up for a while, but then after dinner, when we're all watching TV together or whatever we're doing, then, you know, he can be out with me on a leash or something like that. So I can manage it. I mean, she's got four freaking kids. You yeah. know, if you've got one little infant, it's different, you know, but, but once I see, you know, my MO, like I said, is scare them with the truth. And once I've got a sobered state of mind, then like really just kind of calm through the details of their day and come up with systems and structures that's going to prevent this. It's 100% yeah. preventable. Yeah, that makes sense. Systems no? and structures, I like that. And also, you know, exactly the example you gave, you think about like, challenge, uh, you know, transition times with kids are always challenging, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just like the chaos level escalates and, you know, the, the resistance le- level on the part of the kids escalates or the excitement level if, it, if it's coming back home escalates you know i definitely feel that with my own child it's like those those are the moments when like chaos begins to ensue it's like transition times mm-hmm. yeah so then you know with those transition times so i always tell people that the chaos times put your dog in a situation where they're just not in the way and you don't have to think about it yeah have a, you know if you have an older dog you know like a little bit geriatric make sure the dog's got a safe place where when the kids are too much for him or her that they, you know, you teach the dog to retreat to their safe place and you have a yeah. rule down that's easily enforceable that the kids are not to bother the dog when the dog's in its safe place under, yeah. under, under pain of something, <laughs> yeah. you know, totally. but that's the other thing. I mean, this is an aside, but this is the other thing that I find is these people, these days, these, these days people have become so ambivalent about, uh, disciplining their kids. It's like, you know, I say to the mom, you know, tell your six-year-old, whatever, let's say, leave the dog alone when they're in the crate. Oh, I don't know, but he's going to do it anyway. Then I don't, at that point, at that point, I don't know what I, I tell them. Like, well, then you have to decide who runs the show in your house because I don't know what to yeah. say to that. <laughs> You're going to yeah. let your six-year-old determine how the, how it's all going to play out. And, um, you know, you've given up a lot of meaningful control. I mean, I don't say this to them, but you know, the implications there, it's like when, when people tell me, well, I can't, how am I going to get my six-year-old not to do that? Oh, that's your job as a parent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, read the book, um, No Drama, read No Drama Discipline. That's a good book that written by the folks who wrote The Whole Brain Child. That if you want to 
inspire or instill discipline in the house while also supporting healthy brain development with your kids and not not shutting them down. Read whole read no drama discipline. I I'll recommend that. My wife and I are reading that. We like it. Yeah, good. Well, I mean, I wish more people would read books like that because I mean, I had even in my class last night. I mean, around a different issue, but um, you know, the uh, they got this client. They have this dog. He's dog on dog aggressive on the leash, and they asked me, you know, what kind of what can we do? So I gave them some tips that involved some equipment, and um, and then they looked at the, the seven year old girl. Oh, she would never approve of that. I just, the girl? I, I, I just, yeah, the, the little seven-year-old daughter wouldn't approve of this type of equipment because it's mean. And uh-huh. I just looked, I, I just looked at her straight. I said, "Well, then you have to decide who makes the decisions in your house." I mean, I just was straight up with her. Yeah. For me, like, I would, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna adapt my deepest training insights to the whims of a seven-year-old. You know, yeah. but there's just something you know, I see that a lot. That's a, you know, that's what makes this particular dimension of my job difficult sometimes. You know, is because then especially with kids in that age range, you know, where they're not little infants anymore. Yeah. Uh, when they're calling, you know, when they're in on the decision-making about things like this at the house, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you can see that these questions quickly branch out into all kinds of related issues, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. There's a whole value sphere in which these questions arise. That Exactly. You have to contend with the whole value sphere and you have to address it. And the thing is, there's really serious consequences if you yeah. don't. So, like, yeah. So that what you're saying is absolutely clear. And when when I, when can I trust my dog to be alone with my baby? Your answer super simple from a from one vantage point. It's never. But right. there is, as we've illuminated in this conversation, there's a whole panoply of related issues and questions and concerns. But also on the part of us as parents, you know decisions we have to make around this that aren't necessarily going to jibe or align with our existing values. But in order to deal with that, we have to actually consider the implications of not following through. And you have to consider like, what if, and if you don't, you know, the consequences could be really dire. And that, well, that's yeah, a, if you don't, you're a yeah. fool. And I've seen that too. I've seen that too. You know, so sometimes I, I think that just people don't, People are so fixed on their own situation, they don't sometimes appreciate the amount of experience that somebody like myself brings to the situation. I've seen a lot, so when I try to scare people, there's a reason for it, you know? I'm not just being a kind of fascist bully or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a simple answer that's complex, you know? Totally. Especially through those, like you just mentioned, through those various different cultural filters, filters yeah. you know? And it's especially bad yeah. when... Um, parents have given up a lot of the significant part of their authority to the whims of the child because heaven yeah. forbid the child would be upset because quote unquote we're being mean to the dog because I, because she can't play with the dog whenever she wants to. Yeah. And so they don't want to make the kid upset. So they let, I, I, I mean, that kind of, I don't have, I can only comment so much on things like that because I don't have kids of my own, but it just, you know, it's not how I was raised. And I think a lot of people my age also shake their heads and stuff like that. And, yeah. um, um, yeah. and I know, you know, people in your position are in a challenge cause you're trying to weave that, you know, you don't want to be heavy handed in your discipline, but at the same time, you don't want to create an entitled spoiled kid either. And it's, a, I get that's challenging territory, but we, we're trying to embrace the freedoms and the insights of a, of pl- a pluralistic postmodern culture, which has given us a lot of freedoms and rights and gifts, you know, in terms of, of individual choice, but at the same time, tradition brings a lot 
of valuable lessons of its own. And we, we are, you know, we would be fools to just ignore history and just say, oh, forget it. You know, we, the, obviously these, these are much larger questions, but yeah, trying to integrate those things also from, you know, I come from a more traditional background too, you know, bringing those, va and so does my wife, bringing those values to bear and integrating them with also science, you know, like our parents didn't know, you know, the, the MRI, fMRI machine, that's all, you know, that's only really on a large scale of early 2000s that real like research into, you know, the effects of how we discipline our children even began and so that we could actually see the effects on the brain. That's all very new. So mm -hmm. our parents didn't have the benefit of any of that. And some of the, and, the, and there's some very conclusive and compelling science that's saying, you know, steering us in a different direction than say our parents would have gone, but it doesn't, it doesn't erase it wholesale. So I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. And then you, so when you ask a relatively simple question, like, you know, like the one that you did, as you also said, you know, that, that it's a simple answer, never leave them alone. And it gets, but that the implementation of that goes through all kinds of complex filters. Yeah. And that's what makes, that's what makes the whole thing challenging and that's why i try to override a lot of that that kind of the cultural filter with you know with fear yeah I, I, that's why i tell people these horror stories the things that i've seen and things that i know about about you know that's why i like to you know roll out those statistics that was so often done on some of these other podcasts from the uh, cdc about the about the yeah. the fact that you know dog bites on children are a national epidemic that's not me just making up a laden word that's from the cdc you know dog bites yeah. on children under five are the single biggest health threat to children after teen substance abuse. I don't yeah. think I can say that enough times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally that, you know, that kind of statistics and then a couple of horror stories that usually gets people's attention, but that's what I have to do in many cases to get them to then deal with the never leave them alone together. Yeah. We're about ready to wrap up here, but a few, uh, like a nice little fun fact I was visiting that, that relates to more the safety of, of dogs and new experiences for children. I was visiting my parents in suburban Connecticut right outside Hartford this weekend. It was just me and my daughter, and she's 18 months old right now. So it's a house that I grew up in, and my, par and my parents have been there for like 40-plus years. And I'm sitting in the dining room, and suddenly I see this 600-pound bear walk just right by the window, you know, out of view around the garage and then out our back lawn, just slowly and methodically walking, you know, 25, 30 yards, like across our backyard to the bird feeder. And this thing was huge, a black bear, wow. massive. Yeah. And so obviously it was exciting for all of us because, you know, you don't often get to see an animal like that just, you know, in your backyard. I mean, I have now a couple times, you know, when I've been home at their place. But, you know, and the dog's just going completely berserk. Complete, and, but it was my, 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 you know, she has, that. my parents have two uh, Wheaton Terriers, beautiful dogs, uh, you know, wonderful temperaments, and, and, but like just barking their heads off. But it was a, it was a cool experience for my daughter to actually see a bear you know, and us basically, you know, when he first, or I think it was actually, I don't know if it was a, a, a guy or a girl, there were no cubs around, which there have been previously. 
we were within like 15 feet of the bear and you know he's, wow. he's just walking right by us and like totally ignoring the dogs on the other side of the glass door who like you know it was like a firehouse exploding you know like the dogs <laughs> just going bananas and anyways totally unrelated to the topic at hand but just a fun anecdote well don't let your babies play with bears either yeah everybody <laughs> don't forget it all right mike so you get so much bonus of free advice on this podcast it's just simply amazing <laughs> yeah isn't it it's it's just amazing in case you ever had a, well i mean if you listen to the podcast invisibilia there's a whole episode of people who befriend bears and that you know there's actually a whole debate you know there's a whole town where they've like really they feed the bears with they literally put food like in their own mouth and the bears come up and gently pull it out of their own the, the yeah, human's I think mouth that's, that's really nuts I think I, I well, I, I tend to think that too, but you got to listen to the podcast just to get the whole, you know, the roundness of the picture and how it came to be. But it's pretty, you're just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. um, but, anyways, everybody, we've gone over. Thanks for hanging, hanging with us. Look, if you want to follow up with Mike on any of this, please head on over to gooddoghappybaby.com. Check out his book, Good Dog, Happy Baby. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for a couple years now. It's going to walk you through everything that we've ever covered on this podcast and give you all the basics for preparing your dog for the arrival of your child. If you want more immediate hand-holding and like really explicit direction from Mike directly, get his Good Dog, Happy Baby video course. and You can get that over at gooddoghappybaby.com as well. It's a great course. You sign up for the email list. You get a significant discount on the course that lasts for about one week. So, so please take advantage of that. And last but not least, if you enjoy our show, can you please leave us a rating and a, a rating and a review on iTunes? Subscribe to the show. All of those things help us get in front of more expecting parents. That, that, that's how people can discover our show, and, it, and it's a big help. So really appreciate that. So, Mike, any last thoughts before we end? No, that's it. Thank you uh, again. It's always, it's always fun to do these. Totally. It's nice to do it after a cup of coffee, too. We get a little more wind in our sails. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time.